We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We had another super chat from Anthony Solomon. Thank you so much, Anthony. Are you concerned about Jeff Brom exposing Golden's defense in the middle of the field this week? I mean, that's always a concern that there's going to be plays that you can get there. That's always going to be a concern for Notre Dame. I thought they did a better job of it this week. I mean, Duke yeah. tried to go to the middle of the field, and they had a nice play call with the backside safety coming down. He picked it off. You know, so yes, I, you know, Notre Dame did some things to adjust this week. I'm certainly concerned about it. And especially Ryan, because this is a team that if they can get some of those balls over the middle, they got some catch and run dudes to your point from earlier. So yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm concerned about it, but you know, we are six games into the year and you know, Notre Dame knows who they are. Teams don't know who Notre Dame is. And even with that issue, they've still been one of the pe- best pass defenses in college football this season. Yeah. And even it's the, just they, those go ahead, Ryan. The, I was just going to say they've showed signs of being better in the middle of the field. Yeah. It just has, it's been another one of those like volatile stats. that's just right. been this year. It's like some yeah. weeks they look awful defending. The it's been the, field. the clutch plays. Yeah. It's yeah. been the clutch place, but I'm, I'm going to go back to this again. I hated the third 19 call against Ohio state. Hated it, hated it, hated it, hated it. But if Ramon Henderson plays it the way you're supposed to play it, it's still an incomplete pass. I mean, yeah. like, that's the thing is it, it, the part of this is execution as well. And, and yes, there are things they need to do. I hate that they just give up the inside when they blitz linebackers and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, again, Ryan, we're six games into the season. They've played Riley Leonard at Duke. They've played Ohio State. And Notre Dame is fourth in the country in fewest passing yards allowed. They are third in the country in quarterback passer rating. They are eighth in the country in fewest uh, uh, yards allowed per attempt. Uh, they are number one in the country and lowest completion percentage allowed by quarterbacks. I mean, and they've had twice as many interceptions this year as they've given up touchdowns. So like, yes, that needs to get corrected and we've been frustrated by it, but it's like, that's the only place teams have been able to have any success against Notre Dame throwing the football this year. And I feel like sometimes we take that, that issue and we turn it into like this big picture problem, like Notre Dame struggle stopping the pass game. They don't. They've been a really good stop in the past, and they were really good against the pass last year as well. You know, so um, when you're six games into the season, Ryan, and half of your opponents have been power five teams, and you rank that high, 
you got a pretty good you're that you're, 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 you know you're, you're pretty, pretty good in that area you're probably pretty yeah. good yes i agree yeah. <laughs> i yeah. agree we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The month of October is going to be jam-packed with huge games for Notre Dame. And ticket hunting for those games can be stressful, which is why you need to check out Game Time. Whether you're looking for last-minute tickets to this week's top 25 matchup between the Irish and Louisville, or next week when Notre Dame takes on USC, Game Time is the go-to place for you. That's where I went and got tickets to the Notre Dame-Clemson game for my mom and dad. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theaters near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The Game Time Guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code IRISH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code IRISH for $20 off. Download the GameTime app today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. That's GameTime.co. <laughs> we had, we had a, another one. I saw this one coming. A super chat from Nathan Milton who says, hashtag, thank you so much for the super chat, Nathan. Very much appreciate it. Hashtag, we tried to tell you LSU, but you didn't listen, Guy Preston. Yeah. Was his name? His name was Preston Guy, right? It wasn't Guy yeah. Preston. It was the other way around. Yeah, but either I way, still so. hysterical. Absolutely. Still hysterical. stands. Still stands. Yes. I didn't listen to their post game shows. I, I, I wanted to, but I decided not to. Yeah. Oh, but, I wasn't going to uh, do it either. See, I did we're, do, we're, actually, we're, we're a good fan base that doesn't rub everything in when when bad things happen. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't out there listening, like looking for it. I was just like, yeah, yeah the number, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, here's the other funny thing too, Ryan. Is I I actually did one thing though. I actually listened to your okay. buddy Joe. Uh, uh-huh. he he does a he does a thing with one of those LSU yes. clowns. He does a show with them. Yes. And yeah. 
and he was talking about how they got ripped up on the run against mm-hmm. LSU or against Ole Miss. And he's yes. like, this never happened to him in Notre Dame because this player's cared because he's in the whole, you know, let's 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 mimic whatever Brian Kelly says. And Brian Kelly blamed the player. So we're going to Joe the said this or the other guy. Said no, 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 no. The other guy, Joe, okay, you okay. could tell Joe was like, dude, can we? And he said at one point, Joe was like, OK, this isn't just an LSU show. Can we talk about Ole Miss now? It was yeah. hilarious. Well, well Joe, um, Joe didn't like Joe doesn't like Brian Kelly either. So I'm not surprised that he right. wouldn't have said that. Yeah. And, and so <laughs> he's like, this never happened at Notre Dame because their players gave a you know what? So of course I had to help him out. And so I, I went in and uh, I said, let's, um, you know, let, let, let's look, let's go down to Brian Kelly history of, uh, of, um, you know, games. And so I went through and listed like all the games <laughs> under Brian Kelly. These got ripped up on the ground, you know, and it was just like, there's like 30 of them. It was hilarious. And I was like, oh my God. don't just say things just to say things. Right. Like this was definitely a problem under Brian Kelly. Like this is not new. We it's like he has to say that because it's like he can't admit, you know what? These guys were right about Brian Kelly. Uh, But also, Brian, like, does that really defend Brian Kelly, though? Because it's like, oh, they're not listening to Brian Kelly. Well, isn't that a problem then if your head coach can't capture the teams? That's a good point. Uh, Good point. Okay. cool. cool. I don't know. Good point. Sounds a little. uh, Sounds a little. Basically, what you're saying is Brian Kelly is unable to get his football team to listen and respond to what he's doing. Yeah. That's basically what the claim I think is. Correct. Hey man. Hey man. I, it, this has always been my advantage on uh, Brian Kelly. And I talked about it on the message board. I thought Brian Kelly did a really good job in year one at LSU considering the circumstances this year, higher expectations. They have faltered already. Yep. I'm glad that he's not the coach of Notre Dame. Cause there was a cap on Brian Kelly and he's a jerk. So I'm yep. good. He can stay down at the body, yep. man. I'm good. Yep. Well, and the other thing too is, is they 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 did fade down the stretch last year, and a lot of people don't want to talk about that. They're, they're four and five in their last nine games. Four yeah. and five in the last nine games. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and lost to an unranked, and 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 all f- three of those four losses were double figures. They yep. lost by 15 to AM and it wasn't that close. LSU, I believe, no. scored last. And AM was bad last year, man. They were yes. a bad football team. Five and seven. Yes. Five and seven. And they smashed LSU last year, uh, yep. which is going to make this year's game kind of interesting. Uh, yep. But, you know, Ryan, it's just they got blown out by Georgia. They got blown yes. out by Florida State. So it's not even like these games have been competitive. You know, I mean, it was 38-17, and LSU scored last in that game. Completely collapsed in the second half. Got outscored 21 point, twenty-one straight points uh, by LSU in the second half of that, in, in the third and fourth quarter of that game. So, My, my favorite thing it, I've heard from LSU four and four fans was, yeah, in their last four and eight. Five. Four and five in the last nine, if you want to go back wow. to nine. So, yeah. Wow. My, my favorite thing about the Georgia game was, was – uh, these are literally takes that I heard was that, oh, they actually played really well against Georgia because they scored 30 points. I'm like, guys, <laughs> guys. <laughs> but Brian points. or Ryan, that is so a Brian Kelly <laughs> fan thing because that's yeah. what Brian Kelly does. He, hey, we, we only lost to them by 20 when yeah. so-and-so lost to them by 25. I mean, that's like the yeah. most, we heard that crap from Notre Dame fans for years, Ryan. Well, look, we, yeah. we only lost to Bama by 17. Ohio State lost to them by X number of points. And I'm like, you, they you could have beat you by 40 if they lost. wanted to. You know what <laughs> yeah, that means? Either way, you lost. They thought either so little of you that they started yeah. pulling starters late in the third quarter of a semifinal game because yeah. they know, like, yeah, you guys are you guys can't beat us. We're gonna get ready for Ohio State. 
So it's just yeah. hilarious. Like, oh, we we didn't lose to you know Clemson as bad as Alabama did. A by a point, and B you lost by twenty seven. What are we doing here? But that's what Ryan. That's what Brian Kelly brings about. It's the excuse making. And if you're going to support him, you need to be good at making excuses. And that's what drove me nuts so much about Notre Dame fans over the years is because they would they would buy into that stuff. And you're seeing the same thing from some of the people that cover the team now. It's, it's all the players. It's all the players. And that's I love your point. It's like, well, whose job is it to get the players to give a crap? Because <laughs> to your point, you guys kept telling us, well, he's going to have better players at LSU than Notre Dame. So yes. if this was never an issue at Notre Dame in all his years, then why is it an issue at LSU? Right. You know, so uh, yes, maybe yes. he's not the it, fit that we you thought he was, like we have said. It, Brian, in three years, it's going to work out great. <laughs> hey Ryan, it's, great. it's the ultimate Brian Kelly quote. Wait till next year. Just wait till next year, man. And when then next year we we'll talk about anymore. And but yeah. wait till next year. And yeah. then the next year it'll be but wait till next year. Just you know my favorite too is and, and we'll, we'll we'll get off of this. But my favorite thing ever is um there's a weird apparently um population of LSU fans right now that are like bench Jane Daniels and just play Nussmeyer. And I'm like, you think that Jane Daniels is the problem with this football team right now? That's I would actually, I want them to do that. I want them to do yes. that, to realize just like, do they not realize how ridiculous Jaden Daniels has been in some of their games this year? Yeah. Really like good. some of the throws he was making against Ole Miss, if he doesn't play in that game, Ryan, that that's a blowout for LSU because LSU, they could not stop LSU in the first half. Just Agreed. could not stop him, and Jaden answered every single time. Just every single time. That kid was amazing in this game. Jaden's, Jaden's been really good this year, man. He has changed my he's opinion on him a He's bit. got a quarterback rating of 193, Ryan, right now. Really like, unbelievable. He threw for 346 against LSU or against Florida State and had, what, like two deep balls dropped Yes, in that game? So yeah. the, the only game really he's been ball. under 300 yards is against Grambling because he only played a half. In a game that you won 72 to 10 or whatever. And he had 269 yards and five touchdowns and basically a half. Yeah. Of football. And, and oh, by the way, he's also rushed for 290 yards and three more touchdowns. So if Brian Kelly wasn't a bad coach and that team was better, Jaden Daniels would be in the top of the com- of conversation for Heisman Trophy right now. But because this team isn't good, no one's talking about it. But he has thrown – and he had, a, he had a one like that against Mississippi State too. He just threw an absolute just gorgeous go route. He's throwing the deep ball right now as good as anybody in college football. That outside go route is just a thing of beauty for him right now. He's he's always been a really talented kid. It's just been about putting yeah. it together, and he's put yeah. it together this year. So far. So yeah. So far, he's done really well. Yep. He's done really well. And the, and the mantra was always, well, if Brian Kelly ever had a quarterback, well, you know, <laughs> you know, he's got one. <laughs> he's got two actually, because I, I think Nussmeier is a good player as well. I, I like I do too, but he's, I just hate the insinuation that Jane Daniels is the problem. Right. Like I hate right. that insinuation. It's stupid. Right, exactly. The, the problem is the guy, the little, you know, tiny guy on the sideline. You know. Yeah. I just I just loved it when Lane Kiffin shook his hand after the game. He kind of like leans over, like that nice game little fella, because he's like towering over Brian Kelly. I just thought that was hilarious. He's a pretty big guy. Lane's a pretty right, big guy. 99 problems of BK1 says, how much of the Duke game offense was due to the decimated wide receiver room? Mostly the lack of creativity in the passing game. I have no answers for what looks like Tommy's run up the middle endlessly, endlessly plan. 
I, I mean, it's, it's part of it, but again, the receivers, we knew, they knew most of the week that the receivers were unlikely to play. Jaden Greathouse didn't practice hardly at all last week. I know Coach Freeman talked about like Thursday and all that, but he re-aggravated, but he re-aggravated something that had already kept him from practicing. I was told Wednesday he probably wasn't going to play. So it, it certainly impacts it. It certainly does. It, it, it would be foolish for us to sit here and say it didn't impact it, but I don't, also don't want to take that easy out and say, oh, it's, they're fine. You just got to get those healthy guys back because they had those guys against Ohio State and they had the same problems. You know, so you can only you can only use that so much. It's, you know, I do want to see a little bit more creativity in the pass game. But I also said on the pawn further review, the pass game, there were more opportunities to be had than they than than what we saw you saw on TV. There were times, there were stuff, there were chances downfield, but he just never had a chance to get to them because the pressure was so in his face. So the 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 pass design was was better than I thought watching live. But it still wasn't great. Yeah. You know, but there were more he should have had at least five or six more completions if the offense he would have had at least five or six more completions for at least 70 80 yards if the protection was better in that game yeah. in my opinion. It's just an ugly game, man. Just scrapping and let's move on, guys. It was just ugly, yeah. ugly, ugly. We had Stephen Doty who says, has Jared Parker been willing to determine his own identity and lean into it? Doesn't look like it. Play calling felt like an offensive coordinator trying to find what will work. Thoughts? Well, I don't think I don't think that at all. I, I, I matter of fact, my complaint from him is that he kept doing the same thing. Like he kept trying to get the same things going. Like, hey, we really want to get these yeah. power stuff going, so we're gonna we're gonna lean into it more. I I think if anything, I I, I didn't like that he didn't do more stuff. You know, he wasn't trying to find things that would work. That was my complaint from the game, Ryan, is that we didn't see the adjustments to kind of find what will work. I, it's, look, it's very basic play call. It felt like yeah. it was very basic. Yeah. Team. So yeah. Reserved, no, I think would be a word like it was yeah. just reserved. I do think they're trying to, to find an identity. It can be harder when you're missing some of your guys. Sure. Let's see what they do this weekend. I mean, that's going to be a big thing, Stephen, because you're you're not your first. The first part of what you said, uh, I agree with the the second part. I don't. I, I don't think that there's been this. Let's find what will work. My issue has been more of a what you do against Navy and Tennessee State and Central Michigan was not what you did when the competition was a little better. And I can't stand that. Yeah. I can't stand coaches that do that stuff. You know, build it, build up who you are, be willing to take some more of those chances in those bigger games. That to me is more of the issue. It's just, yeah. it's more of an aggressiveness thing than it is. He doesn't know what he wants to be. He knows very much what he wants to be. He just has to be willing to be that guy a little bit more. And in some of the bigger moments, sure. in my opinion. Well, and you're going to have Jaden Greathouse back. Most likely you're going to have Jaden Thomas back probably. Right. So, I mean, mm-hmm. having those guys back. I hope that I I pray I pray because this isn't an excuse, but I hope that last week was just a shell shock of like I don't have two of my best wide receivers. I need to try to figure something out, and then I was trying to play super like just basic stuff, right? I hope yeah. that you're able to open it up a little bit this weekend, but we shall yep. see, man. I hope though. I I always have hope. Always. Yep. Absolutely. Very positive person. Very positive. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. 
serving collectors since 1945. We had Andrew Gilmore says Notre Dame scored twice against NC State when they lined a tight end up as an H-back in the backfield, lined up like a fullback and hit them in the flat. Have we run that formation since? Can we use that formation again? Yeah, they have. They ran it against Duke. They just haven't thrown out of it in these those situations. Yeah. You guys got to remember, like, you can't just keep doing the same thing over and over again. That's That was the biggest complaint we had about the run game is they basically just kind of recycled the Ohio State run game in there a little bit again. Yeah, And, and so, like, what what people think is like, well, we ha- we did this thing in this one game that was really great. Well, guess what? The other teams that you're going to play down the road saw you it's do that, that, and they're going to have <laughs> plans to stop it, right? So what I think Notre Dame needs to do a better job of, Ryan, is sometimes using that to their advantage and using that looks to kind of create some other things. You mentioned that with like Jeremiah Love earlier, is and, and, and I was talking about that as well, like, you know, having him run up the seams and some different things like that, where you're using that teams are going to be king on him now to open up other players. So yeah. – but they have done that. I mean, every time they go 12 personnel, we, we'll see that. Not every time. A lot of times they go 12 personnel, we'll see that. They've even done that a little bit out of 11 personnel. We'll line them back up there. But, yeah, we've seen that stuff. Yep. It's just um, they haven't gone to it again. We had another one from Pete Weber. Says, Coach D, I'm curious. Having been around some practices and hearing about the team, players, personalities, if you were Marcus Freeman – what would you do to boost Tobias Merriweather's confidence and inspire more efforts? I don't, I, I hear a lot of people say that Tobias doesn't get effort, give effort. And I have a, I have a problem with that. I, I think that Tobias is a very smooth kid and it doesn't look like he's always running hard, but if you're not going to give effort as a route runner, you're definitely not going to give effort in the run game. And Tobias has been a pretty good run blocker so far this season, especially yeah. for a skinnier kid. Tobias' issue has, to me, more to do with urgency, and yep. and and I and I keep using that word for a reason, because it's not effort, it's not soft, it's urgency. It's exactly what it is. Like I can't stress this enough. You have to have intention in what you're doing. Doesn't mean yep. you're running around all panic, but there's got to be some intentionality to what you're doing. There's got to be a, a level of a pace, a tempo that you yep. need to have as a wide receiver to master your craft. And that, that tempo will change from route to route. But when you're running vertically, there just needs to be more urgency. Urgency also comes into play, Ryan, when you come to focus. And a big part of Tobias's problem catching the football has been focus. Like the, the bubble screen he dropped against Navy, that's focus. The crossing route he dropped against, against uh, Duke, that's focus. And it's, it's about, I need you to understand. I'd sit down with him like, look, man, we need you, right? We, we need yeah. you. We need you to step up and play. We're, we keep trotting you out there because we believe in you. And, and I don't know what is going on with you or, or what's going on in your head or if you think this or you think that. But here's the facts, man. We keep playing you because we believe in you, even though, with, with all due respect, your play hasn't necessarily warranted that so far. Right but we're doing it because we believe in you and we need you. We can't be the team that we want to be this year without you. And, and, and I would give him a chance to kind of speak to me a little bit. Like, what, what do you see? And then I'm going to do one of two things. I'm going to, I'm going to say, you know what? I, I hear what you're saying. We'll think about that or B, okay, get out of your own way right now. Cause what you're saying to me right now is like, it, it's that's you getting in your own way. Let's, let's fix this. 
And so you've got to be able to let him speak to you as well. And then you, your response is going to dictate the direction that you guys go, but it's really just say, Hey man, I need you to be this guy, but I can't keep justifying putting you out there. If I'm not going to see more urgency from you, if I'm not going to see more focus from you, I need you to be more, I need you to compete. I need your compete level to jump up. Cause again, right. That's different than effort. It's not, it's, it's, it's not, that he's not giving effort. I know I I'm sympathetic to why you all think that, but I'm just telling you as a, as a former receivers coach, it's not about effort. It's about, it's about, like I said, it's about urgency. It's about your compete level. It's your, it's about that. Do how bad do you really want to be great? Every player wants to be great, Ryan, but not every player wants to do what it takes to be great. And I need him to understand you can be great. But right now, you're not striving for greatness, and I need you to do that because we can't be the team we're capable of without you. That's yeah. what I would tell them. And then I, I say, and, and I tell them, I'm going to be on you every day in practice. Just prepare for it because you also got to know, like, what's this kid's? What does he have in here, right? And if I tell him how much I need him, but I also tell him I'm going to be on you, buddy, then how does he respond to that, Ryan? And if it just if head goes down and he start that tells me he may not have it right now, you know, but if he's like, okay, coach, you want to get on me? I'm going to show you. That's what I want. Like, I don't know if you had this, like when you were coaching Ryan, but like there are times you challenge your players, you get on them. You're like, he didn't necessarily, you know, deserve the wrath you're giving him, but you want to see how he's going to respond to this situation. And you're like, you get on him in the next play. He's like, okay, you want to get on me for this? And the next play he shoots the gap and just blows running back. You're like, okay, I got something here. I got yeah. some here, but if the next play he's still pounding and he's upset that you yelled at him, you're like, okay, he ain't it. He ain't it. That guy's not, I, I, I'm not winning the championship with that guy. Maybe talented, but he doesn't have that dog in him. And when we say that phrase, that's what that means. When I challenge you, what do you do? How do you respond? And that's what I would do, Ryan. I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I think that you just need to know that you're, I think he needs to know that you're there for him, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's kids need compassion because we forget that he's only a sophomore in college. And I'm not even talking about like just. I believe he's still a teenager too. I think he's yeah. still only 19. So I'm not, I'm not even talking about getting him ready on a Saturday. It's like this stuff can be, have me a mental block and could really hurt kids. Like it could be very, very tough. So as a coach, like I always just wanted kids to understand that like I'm there for them. You know what I mean? Like I need to, I need them to feel that because usually kids respond to that and they'll play hard for people that care about you. You know what I mean? At the end of the day. So that would be something I would try. I I saw someone in the chat that just said, just throw them in the slot. I'm not putting a guy that's struggling to catch the football consistently in the slot. That sounds like a pick six potentially to me. Um, But yeah, there's, there's compassion. I think is the thing that I would strive for personally. I, I understand where Andrew's coming from on that because that is where Tobias has had some of his success. Like that's sure. the deep play he had against uh, NC State, the deep play that he had against um, Stanford last year. But to your point, if a guy is struggling to catch the football, the last place you want to be throwing him the football is over the middle. And also his play strength is still something that needs to get better. And I don't know about a kid playing directly from the slot all the time, because then you're working through contact a lot more right. than outside mostly. Right. So yeah, that's now, just are there, me. are there times where you would have him there? Yeah. We've talked about that. We talked about that at the beginning of the show. When yeah. We're talking about the receiving court. You move guys around for sure. Exactly. But I'm not just like, you're exactly. a slot receiver. No, exactly. no, no, no. Yeah. And, and, and his blocking has been good against corners. Yes. He's still a kid that needs the more strength gains. I mean, Rico Flores and Jane Greathouse right now are both 
functionally stronger than he is right now. Yep. Because they're different body types and they come from different programs. Yes. Um, you know, but the effort's there. I don't, yeah. I, I'm not going to then put him in a situation where I got him blocking, you know, rovers and linebackers and safeties all the time who are going to add an extra 15, 20 pounds and that type of thing. You're not putting him in position to be successful. But to the point, are there times that you can put him there? Sure, of course. And they have. And again, they have. We've seen him do it. But Tobias is going to be an outside guy and he needs to start making plays outside. You know, and say, why keep him somewhere he, he isn't succeeding? Look, we, you he's struggling in his current situation no matter what. You, you've got that, that, like, just put him in the slots, not going to all of a sudden make him play better. You're, you're, you're taking two things that aren't, aren't necessarily con- congruent or, you know, that go together, Ryan, is just because he's had success in the past in the slot doesn't mean you put him there now and all of a sudden, hey, I'm in the slot again. I'm going to do better. No, right. he's going to. He has a mental block right now, right. probably. Right. And also, Brian, it's it's also functionally for the team. You don't have right. enough outside receivers right now. So I'm just going to throw right. another kid in the slot. So I have Jaden Greathouse, right. Tobias Merriweather, Chris Tyree. Jaden Thomas would also be better in the slot. Are we just going to throw him back in the slot, too? Then right. we have like slot receivers. That's just not. No, that's what we'll do. We'll go, 12, we'll go 12 personnel all the time. We'll put Holden Stace and Mitchell Evans outside. They can be the outside. <laughs> everyone's guys a slot. Everyone everyone's a, everyone's a slot. slot. You're a slot. Right. You're a slot. Everyone's a slot. Exactly. Right, but yeah. I, 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 I understand where Andrew's coming from, but that's just not the answer. Right. Like, yep. like I get what you're saying. You're trying to find answers and Notre Dame needs to be trying to find answers, but just throwing him there full time or most of the time isn't going to be the answer. You've got to do some yep. things early in the game where you say, okay, let's get him to the field. They're going to, they're going to play their corners off. Let's get him a hitch route. Let's get him a quick outcut. Let's get him something simple that we can say, Hey, look, man, we're going to, we're going to get you going there. And we have also right. said Jaden Greathouse needs to play outside, but the answer isn't sure. put Jaden Greathouse outside and Tobias in the slot. The answer is put Jaden Greathouse I, in the I outside also, and Chris yeah. Tyree in the slot. I, yeah. I also don't want to put Jaden Greathouse outside all the time either. Cause that right. limits him as well. In my opinion, he needs what to be we've always said title. about him, Ryan, that's a kid you need to move around. We've said that from the moment they got him, that's a kid that will thrive because he's a, he, you put him in different matchup situations in different times. Just just a good football Absolutely. player, man. Yep. yep. And he's very confident. And that's what you need to inject yep. into Tobias right now. You need to find confidence somehow. So shall see. We had Tom Frawley who said, Brian Ryan, do you believe that Marcus Freeman isn't able to totally elevate the talent he has evaluate. and get them playing the right uh, evaluate? I'm sorry, the talent he has and put get them in the play, playing the right positions. Excuse me. I don't think that's a problem for Marcus Freeman. I, look, I I think we've seen Notre Dame be willing to move guys around. I mean, they they reshifted their entire defensive line this year. Really, I mean, they they put Jordan Patejo's gone from Rover to Viper. You know, they moved him from Viper to Rover in 2021 to get him on the field and put him in some unique situations. They they have done a good job, in my opinion, of, uh, you know, Riley Mills, let's get him inside where we think, you know, and then use him certain ways. So I, I don't think that's been an issue just because the, it may be happening with certain players. That's always going to be the case. There's always going to be kids that you kind of struggle to where to find them, you know, where to get them. And the, the issue to me at receiver is more about the construction of your receiving room is because you do have so many guys whose game is ideally suited for the slot. That's a problem. That's not Marcus Freeman not able to evaluate the talent. It's it's you kind of inherited that problem to a degree. Okay, now, yeah. look at what they're doing with the 2024 class. That that class is going to get here and kind of fix that problem a little bit. Because, you know, I think Micah Gilbert can be a very good slot, but I also think Micah Gilbert's got the kind of size and ball skills to be able to play outside as well. Cam Williams is a pure outside guy. 
Braylon James is an outside guy. He just we always knew Braylon was going to need more time. So it, it's also partly about the and, and they brought in an outside guy and Caleb Smith and it didn't work out. You know, so they, they knew that they needed that. And Deion Colsey's hurt. That's another one of your outside guys. And, and that hurts you right now because you don't have him in there. And and we just we just pretend like, you know, we've already tossed Dion aside. Right. Even though he has more career catches through two through his at this point in his career right now than Miles Boykin had at this point in time of his career at the same age. Right. So but that's a that's a loss. And you weren't in a position where you can sustain this many losses. You had three. Well, if you want to count Matt Salerno, four, five scholarship receivers not available on Saturday. Now, one of them I don't count because Caleb Smith's never been available this season. He's been hurt the whole year, so it's not like you, you know, thought you were going to have him. But you thought you were going to have Matt Salerno to lean on. You don't have him. You thought you were going to have Deion Colsey to lean on. You don't have him. You kept trying to put him through, you know, injuries and things like you know, battle through injuries, and it got to the point where he just couldn't do it. So that that's an issue. And then you didn't have Jaden Thomas and, and uh, Jaden Greathouse because when Jaden Thomas went down against Ohio State, who started making plays? Jaden Greathouse. Yep. You didn't have him either. And now you're putting Rico Flores in a position where he's not ideally suited in the, the boundary at times. And it just – and that's what's funny why they went so much 11 personnel in that game, right? <laughs> it's because it's like you only got three receivers and you're you're going so much 11 personnel. It was a little, little strange. But no, I don't, Tom, I don't think that's an issue. And, and honestly, he's still a year and a half into his tenure. I don't, if there are things like that, it's still a little bit too early to, to have that. But I haven't noticed that that's an issue for Notre Dame, to be honest with you. Do you yeah. disagree, Ryan? Do you think that's no, a, a I, problem? No, I, I don't think it's an issue at all. I think, I think that it's just, there were certain roster construction issues that you're still working through, in my opinion. Like you talked about wide receiver a little bit. I mean, Safety wasn't in a great spot just from a from a numbers perspective coming in. I mean, there's just some parts of the roster that needed to be overhauled. You know, quarterback wasn't really in a great spot. I mean, as soon as you had one or two transfers, it's like, what are we going to do here? Right? Like, so, so yeah, I, I think that it's more about getting your guys in here. And we need to remember that in college football, the recruiting takes a couple of years to write that shit. We're not just going to hit, hit the transfer portal and then fix all your problems like some people try to do. And, and again, they did try to address the outside receiver problem in the portal, and it just didn't work out. Unfortunately. That happens sometimes. Tony Stangle says, Brian, I feel the interior of the line is the problem, and the tackles have been good. Do you agree? When it has been – when when the offensive line has struggled, it has been primarily an inside problem, yes. But I would yeah. also say that Blake Fisher has been maddeningly, maddeningly un- inconsistent this season. Yes, he like has. you play great against Ohio State and then come out and play like you did against Duke. Yep. But uh, it's it's been primarily Tony. I would agree with you when they have had issues. Um, it has been an inside problem, and yep. when they play well, they've been good. I mean, they played well against Ohio State, Ryan. They both did. Both the guards did. And Zeke probably had one of the best games of his career, and then. You counter that with one of the worst games of his career <laughs> a week later. That's that's what we talked about earlier, Ryan. It's that it's that inconsistency. How do you go from having the best game of your career one week, and that was true for Pat Coogan, it was true for Rocco, it was true for Zeke, against the best defensive line you've played all year, to yep. a week later against a, another very good defensive line, having the worst game of your career. That Doesn't that can't happen up front. Can't happen no. up front. It cannot. Blake Fisher. Go back to school next year, sir. That's all I have to say to you. Yeah. Go back to school. Nathan Milton, are you surprised how well Mitchell Evans is playing? Personally, I am. I never knew he was so talented. I am to a degree. Yes, Nathan. I, I 
literally wrote about this in an article today that should be out on the site soon, a kind of a matchup article versus Louisville for this week. I thought Mitchell Evans was going to be a good football player for Notre Dame. I did not know that he had this pass catching upside that he has showed the right. last two games. I didn't see it. I did not see it. I thought he was going to be a good player, like maybe yeah. 30 catches, maybe 300 something yards, 400 yards, good player. But I mean, if he can his pace, he's going to well over those numbers this year. So he's, he's a more, I don't, I don't want to say dynamic because he's just smooth, big frame, but he's a more, he's a more, he's a bigger difference maker in the passing game than I thought he was personally. Some of the stuff he's done, you're like, yeah, I expect that. You know, he can run the option route. He knows how to get open. The wide seam stuff where it's scheme driven and it's getting him open. That's been good. And I was disappointed he didn't make that catch on that route against NC State. You want to see him make those plays. And, you know, it's, I think he's a good solid player. What, what's gotten me, Ryan, to your point is he's gotten separation as a route runner in, in ways that I didn't think he was capable of at this point in time. And I knew he had good hands, but having these kind of hands, no. No, he's got I mean, the best hands on the, the team right now. Yeah, I mean, he's <laughs> just – like even the third down catch he had against Duke on that last drive, it was we'll a good extended. ball, but it was out in front of him. You know, yeah, it was out in front of him. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't as – I mean, you, you can't be perfect every throw. It wasn't as easy of a catch as he made it look. He's got very natural hands, man. And um, no, I, when I, I said the other day, when I was told by a Notre Dame coach a year, year and a half ago, uh, that uh, he was a day two draft pick. I was like, okay, sure, buddy, whatever you say. Yep. I mean, it's still, it's too early for that. I mean, he's had two good games, but I'm like, yeah, okay, I see it, right? I mean, I don't know about draft pick wise because I don't follow the NFL enough to know does his skill set translate? Is that what they're looking for in the NFL? I, I don't know the answer to that, Ryan. You would know the answer to that. But what yeah. I know is, is that he's showing like, because you think day two draft pick, I think that's a really good college football player. That's what I think. Right. And he's showing he has a chance to be that. And and if they can find a way, we talk about all these issues at receiver. If they can find a way to get Holden Stace and Mitchell Evans going in the pass game at the same time, yeah, that would add a lot to this. Cause they he's not Mitchell's not the only kid with a hundred yard game so far this year. Like Holden had one too. And they've got to find ways to get both of those kids going at the same time. That's very important. And then the, here's the thing too Mitchell's got to learn to stay healthy. He's got to stay healthy. Because yes. what happened the game before this two great two game stretch? He didn't play. Yep. Right. You know. So uh, that's going to be a big thing. But yeah, he's been very impressive. Better than I thought. I'll, I'll I'll admit it, Ryan. I did not think Mitchell Evans had this in him. And if he did, it would have been by his fifth year. Is a fifth year guy. He's yep. a true junior and a kid that played quarterback in high school. So yeah. it's been impressive, man. I, I thought he was more. And again, I'm not trying to get like too over over the top on the two game sample size, but I thought he was more, what, what was the, what was the kid, Brian, that Notre Dame tried to play it on defense at first. And they moved him back to tight end, really massive kid that went in the second rounds. You know what I'm talking about? It's about Troy Nicholas, Troy Nicholas. I thought he was no. closer to Troy Nicholas as a pass receiver than maybe Cole Komets, which he kind of looks like over the last two mm-hmm. games. You know what I mean? Like I just much more like that dynamic. tight vertical kind of guy that, yeah. that Troy was blocker. Yeah. Yeah. yeah big frame. He was going to like, yeah. Yeah, like he, he's, you know, his foot speed was solid, but not fantastic. Big frame, though, big catch radius, like that type of guy. But yeah. he looks like he is much better than that as of right now. Yeah. So. A comment that was just made you know, by Pete Weber, and he's being complimentary. He says, uh, I love seeing Mitchell Evans overperform. I, I want to be clear. He's overperforming expectations. He's not overperforming his talent. The surprise for me is that he's got the talent to go do what he's doing. 
what he's done the last two weeks has been about talent, right? He's a, he's a more talented kid than I thought he was going to be. That's what it comes down to. I mean, um, like most of Notre Dame nation all off season was like, cause Holden Stace looked better than him in practices. And then in the spring and stuff, I was like, okay, when is Holden Stace going to beat out Mitchell Evans? Well, what we found out from Mitchell Evans is this dude's a baller. This dude's game day. He's just to show up on game day and go get it done. And, and it uh, looked like after yeah. the NC State game, it was like, hmm, maybe Holden Stace is that guy, right? And then right. Mitchell Evans shows himself. Right. So, and, and then Mitchell misses the next game. Yep. And we're like, this is a big opportunity for Holden. And he didn't take advantage of it. And then yep. Mitchell comes back and says, all right, I, I got you. But, man, it would really help the offense if they could get find a way to get both of those guys going together. It would yep. be huge. I really, agree. really huge. And then last one, Ryan. We'll, okay. we'll, we'll, uh, we'll end on this one. We have Pete Weber said, how much would you all pay if they broadcast more games on Peacock to get access to the headset conversations through the whole game instead of the announcers we get stuck with? I would never. I If I was a coach at Notre Dame, I would never, ever be okay with that. Oh, you shouldn't like that? No. Like, forget the fact that, like, you're going to get some soft, sensitive people that are like, I can't believe you're saying that or yelling that or whatever. I would not want my coaches, if I'm Marcus Freeman, I don't want my coaches worried about they can't say certain things because they know this thing's whole being recorded and there's no editing being involved. I would not want that at all. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, no, I'd, I'd be very much against that. Very, very much against that because, you know, you say certain things and people are going to take certain things a certain way. There's always people looking to, create problems there's just so much of that there's no way that i would be okay with that as a coach like i I like what they're doing with the video you know take certain things edit it out make it you know all that kind of stuff and the other thing too is i don't want people knowing the the language we use by language (laughs) i don't mean cursing i mean like hey on this play uh (laughs) what's that there is some cursing though there is but that's not what i mean by language it's like (laughs) i don't want people to know the football coaches cuss what i mean is like we're going to use words and phrases that describe what we're doing conceptually that I don't want people hearing, you know what I mean? And, and, and seeing it's just, it just, there's just a lot to it. I don't want people necessarily looking at your team and saying, this is what goes into Jared Parker's mindset during, during between series. This is his thought process. Cause you know what? You can use that against them when you're preparing for that team. So there's just so many things um, that it would just be, a terrible idea. I, I, I think the most I would ever be okay with is exactly what they're doing. Like we have always said out Notre Dame media needs to be doing more stuff like this. This stuff has been awesome. It's been great. Yeah. It's, it's cool. so, yeah. and they've done it for past games too, but that fourth quarter thing was just, and they were like, they were calm. The communication was good. Hey, you know, stuck. What do we, what do we like here? You're the receivers coach. What do we like here? Okay. Rico. And then tell Rico to do this. And then exactly what he does. And it works. And it's just was, it was great. Um, the only thing I didn't like about it was the whole, you know, Freeman tell him to run it here. You're at the 30. You're not ready to run it here and just run the clock out. I'm just glad that Holden Stace and Chris Tyree had those monster they're, blocks. And Aldrich said, I'm setting up scoring. for a field goal, baby. Setting yeah, up for that no, field goal. No, 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 no. Uh, yeah, Antoine John Antoine just commented, Ryan, where's he been? Yeah, where's he been, man? Yeah, where you been, dude? Been? Seriously, been? I just he's talking, about Pe- talking about Peacock right now, man. Uh, Big 10 fans are starting to get a little bit annoyed with, with Peacock with them putting games on Peacock. I'm like, tried to try to warn you, man. 
tried to warn you. We didn't get two little super chats here from Nathan Milton that he, uh, uh, oh, I didn't see. It's it's not little Nathan. I, I appreciate it. It's not little super chats. Um, hashtag <laughs> Brian probably eats his own boogers like Harbaugh. Brian Kelly. Make sure you oh, throw Brian that Kelly, Kelly thing in there. So. It's also Brian. It's not spelled your like your name anyway. So right, but people listening on the podcast that don't see it are going to be like, "Why? What?" Oh, it's but you're completely wrong, Nathan. Brian Kelly 100 percent does not eat his own boogers. He's too good for that. He's way too good for that. He's too classy. Yeah, he has somebody else pick his nose. He wouldn't be allowed at that really good golf club that he's at that he's a member of. Yeah, and another massive super chat from Nathan. Thank you so much, sir. Hashtag Preston guy, not guy. Preston is still crying. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Nathan. Hope you feel better. <laughs> Nathan says little. Science doesn't matter. Well, that's going to do it, man. Uh, Antoine, buddy, it's good to see you. We haven't seen you in a while, man. Glad that you're back in the chat. But uh, Ryan, that's going to yeah. do it for today's show, man. Why don't you take us out of here? Great audience today. And, and again, I just wanted to thank everybody again for just another great month at Irish Breakdown on all our platforms. We set we set high marks for the months of September on literally every platform that we had. So that's a testament to all of you all. So yep. thank you guys so very much. Take us out of here, Ryan. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us today. Again, we talked a little bit about Notre Dame's, it's like a mid-season evaluation, you could mm-hmm. call it that. We also previewed Louisville, hit a mailbag. So if you missed any section of this podcast, please go back and listen. And if you're listening to us on your favorite podcast platform, five-star reviews are very much appreciated. Hit that like button right now. Listen to us live on YouTube, notification bell. Make sure that you're subscribed and sharing the podcast with your friends. Boards at irishbreakdown.com. We're going to inch closer and closer to Louisville each and every day. Make sure you get your latest team and recruiting intel. As always, go Irish. Thank you all so much again for joining us today on the Irish Breakdown Podcast.